Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Need couples therapy? Try a cerebral fusion machine. It worked for Fitzsimmons. It can work for you too. Stay tuned for this week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wrap-up. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey everybody, we have one crazy episode to talk about this week. But first, I'm Rachel Goodman, and... Hi everybody, I'm Christian Blatt, back here on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After Show. Very excited to talk about what might be... My favorite episode ever <laughs> in the whole series? <laughs> Possibly. So, okay, before we dive in, what were your overall thoughts? Well, we were, uh, I was a few minutes in and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the whole show. This has to be the whole show. This is too good. And uh, I was just, I was very excited because, you know, everybody knows who watched this show. It's always like, oh my God, they're almost together and now they're not. And there's one we had it happen again. I'm like, all right. They're going to jerk us around for a while, but we'll get them back together. And then, not only do we get them back together, we get them together for a whole show. Sure, they're living inside each other's minds and all that, but uh, I I was very excited. I thought that, first of all, this was a great episode, and I was just glad to not get just Fitz and Simmons to get them for the whole show. Yeah, I agree with you. I was absolutely... I was excited a week ago when we saw the trailer for this. I was like, oh my god, because I love the idea of the framework. Now, we've learned this is not the framework exactly, but the idea... they, They advertised it that way. So I was very excited about that. I was excited about Fitzsimmons being together. I was especially excited for the psychological aspect that they brought to this episode. That was my overall favorite part and why I have to agree with you. This is probably one of my favorite episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ever. So before we dive in, um, just wanted to let you guys know, if you stay tuned toward the end, we're going to have a new segment as well as a whoa moment. So (laughs) stay tuned for that. You will not want to miss it because we have some pretty amazing whoa moments okay so let's start with the Fitz and Simmons reunion did you what did you think going into this where did you think that they were or like what did you think was going on Uh, I think at first I thought that they were you know on the Chronicom ship in some small room uh you know I I don't know I I like to let myself be surprised, so I didn't overthink it. You know, I didn't, uh, I did not consider the fact that they were, you know, just in each other's minds, though. I didn't uh, think that that was the case. I thought that they were in the ship, and this was like going to be like, okay, well, here's the lab where things, you know, this is where you're going to have to work. And it makes more sense that it's like things started materializing, and here's the obelisk. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Obviously, it makes sense, but uh, I was just so excited to see them. I don't think I was thinking clearly. My thing was, um, so we see Hatara come in, and she basically tells them that what's happening at this point is she needs them to help her with time travel. And we're instantly getting that 
Gemma doesn't want to talk about this with Fitz and that she is very, very like, you know, she's not sure what to tell him at this point. And so the big thing for me was as soon as we saw Fitz and Simmons, like I was very excited that they got back together, at least could be together. Um, but then we saw when Hatara left, we saw the, 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 I don't know, the food materialize out of nowhere and it just seemed like, okay, something's wrong. Um, and they, it was interesting to me that they only were talking about trivial things. And Fitz even made a comment along the lines of, well, Gemma, you're not telling me about any of your adventures. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, at some point he started to know that something was wrong. I I don't know if he let himself think that something had happened to him. But uh, he's just like, okay, something really bad happened. Like, that must be why you're not telling me about it. Uh, And it was... It was very, it was very heart wrenching to watch, you know, them both go through it. But him, just the realization that, I mean, from the the huge, I I'm going to die, but also like, wait, I already proposed to you, and you just kind of let it happen again. Yeah, you know, that was very sad. I completely understand where Simmons is coming from because you don't want to be like, I've heard this before. You know, you just want to enjoy the moment, especially because. You saw him dead. You know, you're getting to live all of this again. Uh, so, yeah, I think that they this needed to be the whole episode, them kind of getting back on the same page, because obviously they're so, they're so far apart just because of that year that basically she's lived without him, you yeah. know, since, since he died at the end of uh, season five. And for me... I feel like even before all of this, even before that year she spent searching for him, if we go back to season five and even back to the framework in season four, yeah. the big thing was that they were so busy. Um, for, like First they had the framework, and then right. they wake up and they're instantly rushed. Like they, they barely had time to eat at the diner when they're rushed into this new plot point. And so I think for the first time, even though they were inside their minds and they were dealing with their demons, it really gave them the opportunity to work through things that they had not gotten the chance to work through, no therapy, and um, they had to face each other. And that was the big thing. That's I think that's why, I mean, we definitely saw how Gemma, well, I had no idea that Gemma handled things like this because we had never seen, um, I guess, as she says, the point is so that nobody knows what she's going through. Right. But we hadn't seen her, um, we really hadn't seen her with a demon like that. No, and I thought that's what I thought was interesting. That uh, and of course, you know, just with this show, there's always a second. I'm like, oh wait, who is that? Is that something that I'm supposed to remember? You know, something she had a running with. I'm like, oh no, that's her. Yeah. And I know he says it twice, but I love how Fitz just remarks, "You're so English." <laughs> yeah. You know, you take take everything and just bottle it up and literally stuff it in a box. Uh, I just thought that was great. So I think for me too, when she when Gemma turned into a child, yes, and Fitz started reacting to her, I started really, um, I start I started disliking not him because obviously I ship Fitzsimmons, but I didn't like how he was treating her, and not just yeah. there, but he kept like he was very quick to turn to anger, and that could have been just the way that they're being pushed right now. But yeah. um, it, it's just interesting that being pushed this way, saying things like, oh, you're English. Like, I feel like um, they were very, um, things were very caustic between them. And they, it 
it just wouldn't, they weren't working together the way they should have been. Right. I mean, I, I would say that, uh, you know, anyone in a long-term relationship or if you're married, you just, no one knows better than your spouse all the things to say that are going to drive you crazy. And there's, you know, obviously there's so much that they needed to say. They needed to do it on both multiple levels with multiple personalities. Yeah. And uh, uh, let me just give a shout out to... Uh, Ava Morell is the name of the actress who played young Gemma Simmons. And I thought she was great. Uh, of course, uh, adorable kids with British accents. It's just they're, <laughs> they're instantly cuter. And uh, I thought she did a great job, though, you know, like really conveying, you know, how Gemma was feeling in that moment. I love when she went to hide, you know, just everything about that sequence. Uh, and then I, I thought the storybook was great. If they want to start selling that, uh, I will pre-order one and uh, you know be ready to be ready to share it uh, on the show sometime in the near future. Yeah, and I love how they hinted at the musical box before it actually opened. Yes, and so at this point, basically, um, Fitz goes in. He's trying. He's not trying very hard, in my opinion, but he's almost like he's dealing with Gemma's child. And not, um, he's just being mean to her. And I feel like that's part of what it is. And maybe it had to come out because of everything that they were going through. Right. Um, but kind of, that kind of leads me back to my comment before in that they never had a chance to really just have this moment where they got to, like we see at the end, they end up arguing, all these things come out. But before we get there, um, we see this Gemma's. I don't want to call it... Well, I guess it is her demon. So we see her yeah. demon, which is actually played by the same actress. And what it's I noticed... It's also Elizabeth Henstrich. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, which at first I wasn't sure it was her. Yeah. You know, there were some good close-ups where you're like, oh, wow, that's her. I, you know, and I'd... I'd love a little behind-the-scenes, you know, video somewhere just showing how long it took for her to, you know... She's so lovely, and they made her look so terrible. Well, and what I found interesting was that the... If we look at it, it looked like Samara from The Ring, but it was also... (laughs) (laughs) It was also a combination, if you look at her forehead... And I I paused this to kind of check. It was when Gemma was imprisoned by the Kree, well, enslaved, I guess I should say, she had that gold, her her forehead was painted gold. And if you look at this rendition of Gemma inside her mind, that's what it was, is that it was very sloppy gold paint on her forehead. Not the way that it was done when she was actually with the Kree, but like a very sloppy, like almost like, you know, not quite finished version. And I think that for me it was interesting because this, we see Gemma's little girl. We see all. We see this monster come out of where Gemma puts all of her dark emotions. But for Gemma, I feel like the difference between her and Fitz, even though they both have a demon, the difference for Gemma is that it was predominantly fear. And I feel like that really says a lot about her is that she does put on a strong front in front of people, but she is. there have just been things that have happened to her that she has pushed away and she's very fearful of touching them. Yeah, I think that's the difference because obviously the dark side of, of Fitz is literally that, just the worst instincts in his personality. You know, I mean, Leopold really is uh, dark Fitz for lack of a better way to characterize him. So, uh, yeah, it's really, for all the, the scary demony of it, it really is, this is, it's all the things that terrify the actual Gemma. And uh, I thought it was, it was uh, you know, Terrifying, but also great to see a, a physical representation of it yeah. on the show. Um, we get to a lot of 
kind of before like the penultimate moment between their demons, yeah. we get to Fitz and Simmons kind of reliving um, their memories as, I guess, when they were in college. Yes. I like that sequence uh, a lot because, uh, you know, there's a lot, it's, you know, they didn't do, I, I think, uh, I think Fitz's hair was a little different, but for the most part, they didn't try and like you know de-age them with makeup or anything. It's just like yeah, it's just them and they're there. But I thought it was very funny because just the way they were dressed, they definitely looked like oh yeah, these are these are college kids, and just the way that Fitz was like you know she was like, he said something about the mess and she's like oh you should see my room and he's just like yeah okay cool I mean you know if you want whatever not a big deal just all in like such a very Fitz way yeah. he's like oh I totally don't like you you know is it basically the, the none too subtle subtext there I love how they kind of I'm not going to say um, like broke the fourth wall but basically they kept as they're having these memories and we're watching the actual like um, like grown up version of Fitzsimmons kept kind of cutting through yeah. and coming in with commentary. And at one point, Gemma even says, "Hey, these are like they're they're questioning whose memories these are." Right. And, and Gemma's like, "Oh, well, they're you know they're both of our memories. I was there too." And the question is, how reliable is the memory? Because for, uh, to me, it seemed like these weren't. These were for the sometimes like when we saw when Fitz saw his body that seemed like it was very like specific and yeah. very very like literal. But when we were seeing them go back to the college years, that seemed like maybe slightly off. Like it wasn't quite what would have happened, um, and that maybe they're remembering it a slightly different way too. Especially with emphasis on the fact that Gemma is showing us that she was always afraid of what Fitz's genius could do to him. Right, and and she also says, you know, sort of in the way you're talking about that, breaking the fourth wall commentary, she's saying, this was the day I put you in the friend zone. And he's like, this is the day where I wasn't terrified to talk to you. So they remember, th- like, this day is important to them in, uh, for very different reasons. And I think that, you know, neither really quite knew in the moment. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's... It's very interesting, uh, the fact that it, it was such a shared, important memory, you know, for, for both of them. And look, for us, it was just fun to watch. Yeah, you know? oh, it was very and, fun. And, you know, it's funny because you mentioned the college years, and I remember that there was Saved by the Bell college years. How about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the college years? <laughs> Fitzsimmons the college years. You could just do a couple of web shorts or something, but I would, I, I think we need more of this time period. I would absolutely love to just watch a <laughs> spinoff of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that was all dedicated to Fitzsimmons. Yeah, so yeah like, right. If what, anyone... In different parts of their life, or even just yeah. you know, right now, whatever. Yeah, what, like, whatever. Like, just give us that show. No. I would watch it. So, <laughs> Before we move on and start to talk more deeply about their demons, um, why don't we talk about how you, the fans, are such an important part of what we do? Uh, yes, and before we move on to that next topic, uh, we just want to say thank you, each and every one of you, for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. For us to continue to grow, we could use the help of each and every one of you. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe, and if you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. But... No matter where you are, leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. If you're on in the live chat right now, let us know what you think. But if you are watching the archive version or on iTunes, whatever, just go ahead and leave questions, comments there. We'll get to them and hopefully read them on a future show. Uh, being part of AfterBuzz has meant so much to each and every one of us, and we truly appreciate you supporting us in doing what we love. Don't forget to tell your friends and keep enjoying your shows like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. After Show and 
Marvel TV Weekly, which will be right after this at 9. And Rachel will be sitting in with us. So uh, make sure to tune into that right after this show. Cool. Thank you. And yes, thank you again for being part of the AfterBuzz family. I don't want to lose it from the chat because I, you know, the way that it scrolls so fast. Uh, Ivan Soto mentioned something that uh, I did think was funny. Uh, Christian, did you catch the SHIELD acronym DIS? And, you know, uh, uh, Fitz started to kind of say, you know, what SHIELD stood for. And uh, Jeremy was like, yeah, I know. It's a, it's a terrible <laughs> thing. I thought that was very funny. It was such an aside thing. Yeah. But uh, that, that's the sort of thing that uh, I think people who love this show really appreciate. And the the humor in general. They yeah. had a lot of dark moments, but it was interspersed with a lot of comical um, throwbacks, too. And we yeah. got a lot of Easter eggs in this. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure where you were going to move on to, but I'm just going to say my favorite yeah. thing. So my favorite thing about the episodes was how much Fitch and Simmons we had. Right under that is the fact that we had Clark Gregg as Coulson. It's great to have him on the show. You know, not really feeling the love for Sarge. I don't think we should. <laughs> But I was just to see him playing Coulson. I'm like, well, yeah, there he is. His eyes are so much kinder when he's being Phil Coulson. Yeah, you know, he's so much more understanding. He's like he's like a dad. So uh, I was very excited that uh, we had some interaction with hashtag real Coulson. And just the fact that of anything, so like Fitz could handle that he missed his wedding. He could handle that he died in this other version of reality, or not the other version, the real version. Right. Yeah. But he could not handle that Coulson was dying and he missed it. Yeah, I think uh, that is just really telling about the kind of person uh, Fitz is. Is that yeah. you know. Uh, as terrible as it is, is to find out, like, well, you've kind of already died in my timeline, and you're yet to get there. Just the fact that, like, wait a minute, Coulson was sick because, yeah, he didn't, he wouldn't have known that yeah. because of. You have to think about the fact that this fits from the start of season six. It's basically he lived season four right to season six, so he missed pretty much all of it. You yeah, know? so all of. Uh, all of uh, Coulson being really sick. Yeah, because they. Yeah, he basically it was like okay, the the fits we saw in the prison, um, and then that's you know once he was frozen, that was it. This yeah. is this fits, and so um, I can imagine like how disorienting that would be. Um, we do at this point in the episode, we did get to see more of their demons pulled out for various reasons. Um, but before we really got to that, we had one more memory with um, Fitzsimmons and Coulson. Yes. Yeah, and I thought that was very telling. What did you? How did you feel about that? I thought that was great because uh, they were Fitzsimmons, you know, amped up to eleven for Spinal Tap fans out there. But they were, you know, just so in the zone for them being them and Coulson was just completely understanding of it and I also like the fact that for as much as they are sharing one brain uh, you know uh, Gemma says uh, yes we're happy to do it Uh, we're happy to and and Fitz is like talk about it and get back to you and she's like what and I just think it's so funny that he was just like afraid of it and Coulson's like yeah you know what the field's not for everybody so uh, you know he handled it all really well and yeah, I look, I like that sort of insights, you know, I mean, it definitely takes you back to it's more than six years ago now that we saw the pilot of yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, and he's going around trying to trying to get May to uh, join the team and all that. So uh, I thought that it's a lot of fun to kind of kind of get these little nuggets uh, from the past, you know, fun to see them as as uh, college kids. But also, you know, when they are already Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., just not field agents of shield at that point yeah yeah that makes sense and um i love the quote um that 
basically Fitz keeps pointing out that Gemma said, you kept saying, chin up Fitz, nothing to be afraid of. (laughs) And literally, they had everything to be afraid of, the the hell that they went through. Um, But for me, I think the important theme and the concept is just that they kind of like having this hive mind. And what they were trying to show, too, is that um, how connected Gemma and Fitz really are. Um, but then we get to the next couple of scenes where basically um, we're dealing with their demons. And it's not just like they're the demons aren't just there anymore. Um, Leopold actually gets Simmons and um I call her Fearful Gemma. Sure, yeah. Actually gets That's a lot nicer than Demon Gemma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I call her Fearful because she has a reason to be like that. Um, So they each get each other. And what I found very intriguing about this moment was they were both... This was like the worst moment for both of them. They did feel very isolated. But as soon as they realized that, one, they're in this together, but then, two, it's their friends who are also there with them. As soon as they realize that they are not isolated, that's where things really started to turn in their favor. Yeah, I think first they have to have the realization that they do have each other. And yeah, they're literally being tortured by the worst sides of the, you know, their their soulmate, for lack of a better way to characterize <laughs> I mean, it's like the it's like the the perfect match for you. All of their imperfect things, you know, uh, put in a, a physical. You know, I mean, uh, you call her feel fearful, Gemma. Uh, some in the chat are referring to her as demon Gemma, but yeah. let's not be so biased. <laughs> you know, some people are born demons. Uh, she literally pulls his heart out. Yeah. You know, so yeah, uh, that that's that's a little rough. And uh, you know, Leopold's trying to erase her mind. And I think that just the, yeah that realization is uh, it just shows how powerful. And I was glad that we got we got Mac and Daisy just yeah. incorporated into the episode because there's no reason anybody else from the cast needs to be in this episode. So I was glad that they came up with a reason to you know, and it was fun you know yeah. to. Uh, you know, as many times as we can watch, uh, you know, Daisy quake away, uh, Leopold Fitz down into a heap in the floor, we we can uh, bring that back. That's fine with me. I think he deserves <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. No, I agree yeah. with you. And um, I think for me, um, my absolute favorite moment, I, I kind of had a whole bunch in this, but um, I love that first we had them dealing with each other's demons yes. and realizing, so like as Gemma is saying, is thinking something Fitz is thinking the same thing and the, and just showing how connected they are. And I feel like, too, the important thing about this episode, and, and really it goes back to what I said in the beginning about couples therapy, is that they're now, like, going forward, they're able to empathize with each other. And Fitz even specifically said to Gemma earlier on, I had no idea you were repressing all of that because Gemma never talked about it. Yeah. And how are they supposed to fix issues if they don't talk about things? And Fitz was obviously doing the same thing. And at first, there was all this anger and it all leads up to this moment near the end of the episode where they're in an escape pod yeah. and everything under the sun comes out. Ada, just like, just yeah, everything you, you comes out. You built yourself a robot girlfriend and he's like, well, that's not accurate, you know? And yeah. the, uh, you, you fell in love with an astronaut and, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, because it's, me away. it's like any fight. It's like you have all this stuff that you never talk about and yeah. it's all there ready and it's like, this is the time to just unload. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. 
that it, it just it makes it so much more powerful though when they finally are able to get past all of it and yeah. you know the water stops filling up and she even criticizes how well he designed the containment pod you know <laughs> she's like why would you design this without any controls it's a containment pod you're not supposed to be able to so yeah. uh yeah i thought that was great uh, what I really liked was the fact that we did, we don't know if they talked about any of this. If they did, it was off screen. They never mentioned it. But all the issues they had, um, it was like they needed to be forced into this little container to be together to yeah. actually talk about it. And in, in the end, I love like the that the very ending of this argument ends with her mentioning him saving her in the ocean, and then the water comes rushing in. Yeah. That that is one of my favorite Fitzsimmons moments from season one. So I loved 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 that callback and um just at the end when Gemma's saying i'm like they start saying they love each other and then Gemma's like as it's winding down i'm exhausted and honestly like when she said that i'm like Gemma, i'm exhausted too and i'm just watching this (laughs) so i really feel like they needed this fight um they needed all those things to come out and now hopefully um we've always seen them be very kind to each other even when they had issues like even when they they would argue but like never like this so i feel like they needed to kind of be mean to each other to push through what they were going through so they could come back and be loving yeah i would say so much you know there's so much just pent up longing for one another because of all the things that they've both been through just this time of being apart and it's like to reconnect, you kind of have to, you you have all the excitement, but you have to get all the other stuff out. Like, I haven't been able to talk to you, you know, about this, this, and this, you yeah. know? And so uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was great to see. And uh, like you said, they needed it. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was interesting that at, at times during the course of, you know, their interaction, they started to think that maybe we should help the Chromacons uh, with uh, time travel. And I actually thought they were going to help them, you know. So when they get to the point that they boldly declare uh, that they are not going to, I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, she's not going to be happy about that. And at that point, see, I figured Atara had more um, power to the point where she could actually mess with their memories. And kind of when she said she was going to separate them, I thought that she was going to go beyond that and kind of do more what we saw in the framework where they didn't sure, even know yeah. who they really were yeah. and then make them do her bidding that way. So I was very um, very confused when it kind of wasn't going in that direction. It could have, but then yeah. obviously we see her uh, die and then Enoch brings them out. Speaking of bold action, uh, Enoch, uh, you know, really taking charge there and uh, it's, uh, it's very hard to get a read on him because, you know, just a, what, three episodes ago, Fitz was his bestie. And, uh, you know, then obviously he did get characterized as the worst, which apparently is Fitz's thing, as was highlighted in this episode. He tells the little girl version of Gemma that she's the absolute worst, which I thought was very funny. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Enoch clearly doesn't have emotions, but there's some something about the way that he processes logic. He's able to prioritize, like, these people are more important then my home world. And uh, I thought that he had kind of turned in a way, you know, that uh, Atara just threatening to take him apart. He's like, yeah, right, I guess I got to I guess I got to get in line and be a company man at this point. You yeah. Know? So that surprised me. I um, with Enoch, with the cerebral fusion machine, I honestly um, I mean, he mentioned this could leave them brain dead. So I'm, I'm kind of with you in the sense that it, I, I felt like he was going to do something, but 
last episode when he suggested that if Gemma was in danger, Fitz would help them. I was like, okay, but maybe he just didn't process it the right way. I, I think he just didn't, you know, it, it, maybe that's where it comes into play, sort of what I just said, is that he does, he might be able to think uh, uh, in a different way than the other Chromacons, but he still doesn't actually experience emotions. So he doesn't understand, like, why is Fitz so upset by yeah. this? So learning that it made him upset, I think it's like, I don't feel emotions, but I kind of understand how they work. Yeah, you know? that so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the very. We get Gemma telling Fitz that he's a grandfather. They, you know, travel, presumably en route back toward Earth. Um, But then we get this final scene with Daisy and Mac, where there's this big reveal. Um, How did you feel about that? Were you expecting it? Um, I wasn't. I thought that we would get something that set up the next episode. I figured that we weren't going to see where uh, Fitz and Simmons, you know, materialized to with Enoch. Um, and I actually expected something with Sarge and, uh, you know, what we'll be seeing him do in the the next time we see him. So this was kind of a a welcome thing. And I like the explanation that, you know, Max is like, I can't send you back out there. I need you, you know, and, uh, that whole thing surprised me that, uh, I guess they've connected the dots that, uh, Sarge and his team are the ones who, uh, destroyed the Chromacon uh, world, which I don't yeah. know what you guys have talked about on this show. Uh, on Marvel TV weekly, we've kind of talked a little bit about how we expect everything to kind of, uh, kind of line up and connect these two stories at some point. And it seems like this is the first really big step at doing that. We were, yeah, with Tehran and I, we've kind of been talking about how we didn't know how they were going to end up linking it. And so um, it is interesting that they've finally drawn that connection. Um, and so now, like, at this point, though, not to get into too much of a discussion about Sarge, but um, we had kind of been seeing a slightly better guy, but with the previews next week, <laughs> it looks like he's turning. I watched this episode on Hulu, and so when you watch it on Hulu, you don't get the you don't get the previews. When I DVR it off ABC, I get to see the preview. So I actually don't know what's oh, coming cool. next week. So I guess I'll be surprised uh, when I watch it, which is all the more reason to uh, watch it when it actually airs the first time. So. Yeah, I'll have to wait. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we're we're going to see Sarge next week, though. It we seems to be the case. Definitely going to okay. talk about see uh, Sarge, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll get there in our predictions in our next segment. But first, let's get to our news segment. After TV news. So um, there, after this episode aired, there were a ton of articles out there talking about therapy for couples, and <laughs> there was an article with Elizabeth Hendrick basically just discussing what it was like, um, what her predictions were for Fitz and Simmons. There was also um, an article with AV Club um, basically saying that the pair's chemistry has never been better than it is here, especially as the two of them confront each other in the containment pod. Uh, Fitzsimmons, as they shout themselves back in um, to synchronicity, uh, declare it as follows. All my damage comes from you. All my pain comes from you. We're obviously made for each other. And so um, just kind of news out there, just that Elizabeth did this um, interview where she basically um, went into discussion about how this is actually a happy ending for Fitzsimmons, even though it doesn't seem so happy right now, (laughs) Um, but that this is the best way it could have possibly um, ended for them (laughs) for this episode. Yeah, I mean, look, they uh, they get uh, unlocked from their mental prison, which and they're actually physically together, not just sort of 
imaginary together. So uh, I think that wherever they materialize with Enoch, uh, that's going to be a, an exciting adventure. But they're going to be actually on it together. Yeah. So, you know, even though this whole episode they interact with each other so much, they're not actually awake and conscious. This is all like a subconscious uh, interaction. So. Which is a good point because when they're actually alert, they may not be reacting to each other when they've got right. more control. They may not be reacting in such an angry fashion. Um, but... Our next segment is our whoa moment. And uh, Rachel, you should definitely go first because I we talked beforehand. I know what your whoa moment is, and everybody in the chat is like, "Why aren't they talking about this?" There is this is why we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. So for everybody, I have not seen the chat, but I'm guessing that you've all been wondering why I left out a certain part about a certain Leopold, or should we say Fritz and um, <laughs> Demon slash Fearful Gemma making out, and not just that, getting it down and dirty oh, with no. it. Yeah, they didn't just like. Yeah, they <laughs> just like, they went at it. Uh, uh, that's my just, whoa moment. Yeah, but, somebody uh, characterized it as them going to town on each other. Yeah. It's, that's gone, but, uh, but I saw that in the chat, yeah. It was just funny because this is happening, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe this means that because their demons are hooking up, maybe their demons won't be as bad anymore. Well, it also, to me, I, I, it, first of all, it's very funny, and it's great, yeah. and I thought it was, a, it was a fun choice, but also it just it, it tells you just how much they are a part of each other where even their deepest <laughs> darkest like awful parts are like yeah but I still really am into this you yeah. know and let's be honest this seems to be the sort of thing that Leopold would be into you oh. know it's something some just horrifyingly scary uh evil uh em- embodiment of Gemma uh for me there's so many woe moments uh the one that we that I I think you know, you knew it was coming. You know, before the episode even started, it was still like when uh, Gemma turned into a little girl. That was still surprising, and the fact that she was great in the scenes and stuff, I was just very excited. I'm like, but uh, if I can do like an honorable mention, whoa, it was like, oh, he's Coulson. He's not Sarge. This is great. I was so excited about that too. And I know we already talked about it, but uh, that was kind of my secondary thing. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So let's jump into our predictions then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so as somebody who has not I know seen I him, haven't, so yeah. uh, it's a little different. Um, I think that we are not going to see uh, Fitz and Simmons next week. Uh, that's my thinking. They're going to make us wait on that because we got so much of it this week. Uh, I think that the Mac and Daisy portion at the end of this episode is really what next week's going to be about. It's going to be really focused on that. And trying to, I, I think we're going to, because what's that? That's going to be episode seven, right? So we're going to, we're now going to be past the the midpoint of the season. Uh, so we really have to kind of escalate to whatever it is that we're going to do with these people. So I think we're going to get more answers of who they are and what they are. And like you said, I was starting to feel like, you know what? Uh, I don't like Sarge's tactics, but it seems like they are well-intentioned, what they're trying to protect the universe slash galaxy worlds, however you want to look at it. They're trying to protect people from these things. So uh, I think we're going to have a much better understanding, you know, one week from right now, uh, what Sarge and his team are up to. Awesome. And I, okay, so I have seen the preview. Sure. So, so And just, so, you know, speak about it as though I had seen it, because I should have seen it. And I kind of <laughs> wish I had seen it, so. it. Basically, all we saw with this preview was that we got a glimpse 
that Sarge is, has the same DNA as Coulson, and that what he's planning on doing with it is acting like he's Coulson and alive and using his DNA to kind of take over S.H.I.E.L.D. again and do what he wants, like, you know, to get, to get everything that he wants, he's going to okay. pretend to be this guy that he's not, and the power that comes with that he's going to use to his advantage. So that's what we got. Um, so I think that it's going to definitely focus on Sarge, like what, we, with what you're saying, too. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know that we're going to see Fitzsimmons, but I don't know what the rule is with the transportation system that Enoch used, how far that gets them, and how quickly they can get from point A to point B. So I don't know if they can only, if they have access to another to a nearby planet and then they have to get on a ship to somehow get back to earth i am not sure that how that works um but i something tells me we may not see them for another episode anyway um but um yeah i think that it's going to be about uh mac and the real shield agents trying to now take down faux uh colson folson folson mm, it's not quite that it's close though yeah faux colson also doesn't uh doesn't quite work but um, yeah, and uh, there are uh, there's a kind of a consensus in the chat, by the way, that people uh, hope that we see more Demon Gemma and Fritz <laughs> this season. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we very well could see more of them. I I, I, I think it'll it'll be bad for the mental state of of real Fitz and Simmons if uh, we're seeing those uh, those versions of them too often, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, there were there were a few other things that I wanted to see, but uh, I, uh, you know, this is a problem with the chat because we have so <laughs> many great people in the chat yeah. that it, it moves so fast and, and furious. Uh, you know, you're getting things sort of that we talked about. Jenna James is talking about like seeing fresh faced fits without the beard. That would be college <laughs> fits. I think they did a good job making him look, you know, making them look uh, different enough. Oh, and uh, Incan TV had a comment that I wanted to share that. Enoch is becoming a real boy, you know, because he's uh, he's he's almost a full Pinocchio at, at that point. So, um, but yeah, and I know what it was. Somebody wanted to point out uh, Fitz's reaction when uh, it's it's like an afterthought. It's right before they teleport. She's like, "Oh yeah, and you're a grandfather." Yeah, and he's yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> so I thought that was very funny that it was. Uh, you know, and it's like, the of course, button. this Fitz doesn't even know who Deke is. Yeah. You know, so that it, it's like, oh, there's so much to tell you about. And uh, I thought that it was very funny. But uh, Jenna James says about this episode, the crazy episode. It's what the Deke episode tried to be. One of my favorites and a bit bonkers. I think that's a great way yeah. to uh, describe it. Uh, this makes up for two so-so episodes. Well, listen to you. Two so-so <laughs> episodes. Uh, and who the heck thought up uh, Scary Gemma? Genius. I agree. It's, like you had said, it's not something that we knew she had. And look, we've known her for a long time. We haven't yeah. known her as long as Fitz has. But we've known her for six seasons. And there was never a hint of anything like this. You yeah. Know? And I think it makes sense considering what they did with the reveal with Fritz. When we were in season five, he just randomly appeared and we realized it one episode. We didn't know that Fitz was hearing him until this that one moment. So for this to happen with Gemma, I think that's the whole point, is that we weren't supposed to know. And um, it worked. I think it worked very well. So I was very impressed with this episode. Um, before we kind of you know wrap up, did you have any other final thoughts you wanted to say? Uh, I think uh, somebody had a great question uh, in the uh, in the chat, and it was Ivan Soto. Will this fits actually like Deke? Great question Ooh. because uh, you know, and 
Also, uh, people are wondering if uh, Deke's going to get over his crush with Daisy. Chris <laughs> Mo says that. I don't. I, I don't think he's capable of getting over his crush on Daisy. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, in regards to Deke, though, and how this Fitz is going to react to him, this. Okay, so here's my theory with this version of Fitz. Sure. He, the other version. Gemma did not know about his demon um, until he showed up, until Fritz showed up. This version of Fitz, though, Gemma has been in his mind. There is a huge... They never... They were always considered one mind. Like, that was the rumor. That was like... Yeah, right. but, But now, they literally have been in each other's minds. And that is like... There's no better way to understand a person until you have literally been in their <laughs> mind. So I feel like this changes Gemma and Fitz's relationship to the point where Fitz, it might be easier for both of them to handle the demons. And therefore, Fitz and Deke, like, Deke might be meeting a slightly different version of Fitz because of this experience. And Fitz may react to him um, in a slightly better way. Although this Deke is kind of more annoying, as we saw when he yeah. was showing everybody around his uh, startup. So, yeah. uh, you know, it. you know what? I think they're destined to not like each other. Yeah. So uh, we'll probably yeah. get that. <laughs> well, awesome. So where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. And as I mentioned earlier, you can find me mere minutes from now here on AfterBuzz TV at Marvel TV Weekly, which is every Sunday at 9 o'clock. And Rachel will join us for a part of the show. We're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're also going to get you ready for Season 3 of Legion. And we're going to talk about uh, Jessica Jones Season 3 only up to Episode 8 because I haven't seen Beyond on that yet because one of the other shows I do is the Jessica Jones After Show and Marvel Movie News Thursdays at 1pm Pacific over on the Popcorn Talk Network yes, lots of Marvel talk and I'm doing it all this week, I'm even doing this one too so I'm very excited to be here Awesome, and I'm Rachel Goodman, you can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on Instagram over my author account at Rachel Radner Author I am also on the YNR uh, Young and the Restless After Show if you are a soap fan um and I just finished the Spanish Spanish Princess, so if you haven't um, after show, so if you haven't caught that final show, you can definitely go back and catch that. And yeah, I will see you guys on Marvel Weekly in a few minutes. Have a great one. Bye. Our founder Kevin Undergaro and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first; we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.